today here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Okay, this is uh, Mike Roth and Mark Horowitz. Uh, Mark, thanks for joining me here today. To our listeners who are listening live, I'm sorry for the uh, short delay we we got on getting uh, this thing turned up today due to some technical difficulties. Today's show is going to be in hi-fi as opposed to, uh, not in hi-fi, as opposed to last week's sh- few shows, which which were in hi-fi. Before we get started, Mark, I'll tell the listeners about a couple of shows that we have coming up in the future. Next week, we have Missy Kirkpatrick with the Lindale Golf Club. Her and her family own two golf courses uh, here in Cincinnati. The week after that, on August 14th, we have a really interesting guy coming in. We have a uh, Hollywood actor named Mike Luce, who is producing the first Cincinnati Helios Film Festival. On Have you ever heard of the Helios Film Festival? No one, Almost no one has. This is the first year. It's going to be October 9, 10, and 11. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the Holiday Inn Eastgate. He's going to be screening about 45 independently produced films over the three days. He's going to have actors and actresses here and producers. should be a really interesting thing. Uh, Some of the films will be short subjects, less than 45 minutes. Some of them will will be feature films. Some of them may get picked up by a major studio. So it's an interesting event that's never been here in Cincinnati before. And the following, he's, that's on the 14th of August. On the 21st of August, we're going to have uh, Matt Fox, who is the CEO of a fast-growing staffing firm, uh, FX Staffing. Okay, some things that are coming up in Sandler Training World. On August 20th and uh, September 22nd, we're going to have the Sandler two-day boot camp. Each day is going to be different. You will learn about how to keep control of the selling process, how to uncover the true reasons why people buy, how to eliminate unpaid consulting, how to ask effective questions to help close the sale, how to quickly identify decision makers, how to shorten the selling cycle, and how to stop giving away your profits by lowering your selling price. The two-day boot camp is a popular program. If you would like to attend that or any of the other programs that I'm about to talk about, talk to Brittany on 513 753 Nine four zero zero extension one o six on the thirteenth of August and the tenth of September we're going to have the next two business leaders workshops. These are workshops in leadership and management. They're going to be held out at the Ivy Hills Country Club 
during the programs, you'll learn how to become a better leader in sales, and you'll uh, get some one-on-one coaching from uh, myself and other sales leaders who are present. We're going to uh, share some unique challenges and create unique solutions. This is a leadership training and support group. Again, you can contact Brittany at 753-9400 here in the 513 area code. Let me tell our listeners a little bit about you, Mark. Mark has a very background. He's been working in the uh, financial services world since 2008, uh, currently with uh, AXA. And before that, he worked for a couple, four years, was that 10 years for uh, uh, Ed Fink and uh, what's that other guy's name, Mark? Nathan. Nathan, uh, over at Financial uh, Network Group. Before that, he was in the financial, also in the financial services world with uh, World Marketing Alliance, where he was there for four years. And Mark started his career, looks like for over 20 years, as a manufacturer's rep. He's a, a graduate of the uh, University of Cincinnati and Deer Park High School. That's all the people mean when they say, "What school did you go to?" It's always you got to say Deer Park High School, right? Uh, Me and Bill Cunningham. You, Yes, when I say I graduated from Tilden, no one knows what the hell that means. Mark lives in Dayton, Kentucky. Dayton, Kentucky, and he's got four children here. In he's got four, four, children. four children: one here, one in Springboro, one in Philadelphia, and one in Barcelona, Spain. Mm-hmm. That's a long commute to Barcelona. Mark attends uh, Crossroads Church, where he uh, is a volunteer. He does some classes for them and does some work with uh, CityLink. Let's see. What else have I left out about your background, Mark, that that you think should be included? I'm a board member of the Cincinnati Rotary Club and their secretary-treasurer. I'm a mason in one of the oldest uh, Masonic lodges in the United States. Uh, Started in 1791. And I work out at least five to six days a week for the last 32 years. Mm Mm-hmm. I uh, have been an avid tennis player for quite a while, although not now. And uh, life is good, Mike. We're healthy and love what I do. i got to add, Mark is a lifetime Sandler Presidents Club member. That's true, Mike. He was one of uh, my first clients in 1993 or 94. Mark, we, we've kind of semi-titled this show today, What You Really Should Know About Investing. Maybe you can tell our listeners first why you left the world of being a manufacturer's rep, which you must have done well if you were there for 20, 24 years. 25, yeah. Why did you decide that in your second career you were going to be in financial services? Mike, I was looking for a business where I was in control of my life, where I could help people and make a difference. And frankly, I didn't have to travel. Like I had been. I'd been on the road for 25 years, driving 50 to 60,000 miles a year. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you just get tired of living out of a suitcase. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that living on the road is exciting. But I found Toledo and Youngstown and Pittsburgh and little towns in between at night, staying in a motel and eating by yourself to be rather. Uh, I didn't want to do that anymore. Lifestyle. So I wanted to be home where I could see my kids. And, of course, I didn't have grandchildren then. I do now. 
and I wanted to be more in control of my life and help people in a meaningful way. And I am doing that. Good. Uh, Mark, financial services, and, and what your broker never told you or your investment advisor never told you, uh, why is it that more, most people spend more time planning a summer vacation than planning their financial future? Great question, which is true. Most people will spend more time planning their annual vacation, which lasts one to two weeks, mm -hmm. than their retirement, Mike, which, if done right, will last 25 to 30 years. And I say done right because it can be done wrong. Most people don't have the knowledge, the discipline. They don't ask questions. They don't seek answers. And they don't save enough. Mm -hmm. What do you think uh, people should look for in choosing a financial services advisor? There are lots of people around town in most cities around the country that have a label of financial services advisor of one kind from life insurance salespersons to uh, registered investment advisors. How should an investor, someone who plans to retire in the future, pick a financial services representative? Mike, I'm going to ask, I'm going to answer that question for you, but I'd like to come back to some of the problems that this country faces with people looking towards retirement. Sure. Is that okay? That's true. I don't think most people want to be a, a Walmart greeter at age 83. I don't, Mike, and I don't think you do either. Correct. When you're looking for an investment professional, and by the way, Mike, I think everybody or almost everybody should have an investment professional, I suggest you ask your friends, at least whether it's a friend at work or a friend through your church, or if just a friend you know in your neighborhood who seems to know what they're doing, that you, you've heard that they have investments, you see that they have a good lifestyle, they're comfortable, ask those people who they use as an investment professional. And then ask a couple of them. And then my suggestion, Mike, is to call those investment professionals, set up a time to see them, prepare a list of questions. Because Mike, when you hire an investment professional, it's a long-term uh, deal. I have clients 10 years, 15 years and longer. And you need to find somebody who has your values, your ethics, and they care about you as a person in your family. You don't want to be a number. And if you get the wrong person, Mike, every time you talk to them or every time that they get paid, you're going to be angry and it's going to be agony. Mm -hmm. So you really need to interview a financial professional just like you would if you were hiring someone to work in your company. Uh, now, there's a big difference. In hiring someone to work in my company, I have a set of criterias which have been developed over time through multiple Sandler training centers. I, 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 I know what I'm looking for. 
I know what level of critical thinking a person should have. I know what, what type of drive and ambition they should have, what kind of competencies, and I can selectively eliminate those people who don't match the criteria. In selecting a financial services advisor, I feel most people don't have the, the ruler to measure against, okay? The old saying in your trade is uh, past, past performance is no indication of future performance. What, what is the, uh, the yardstick that the consumer should use? Mike, you want to ask them their education level. You want to find out what licenses they have. You want to find out how long they've been in the business. You might even ask them for a couple referrals. And if they give you those referrals, you want to make a phone call. And you want to talk to those people. And Mike, I have found, because of my own clientele, that everybody is different. I have some clients who want to be involved in every decision. I have other clients who want to talk to me once a quarter. Some, I'll talk to them once a year. I will see them once a year. And Mike, I even have some clients I have to chase and chase through phone calls and emails. You would think I was trying to sell them something and trying to service their account when I'm managing hundreds of thousands of dollars of their money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some people don't want to be involved. I understand what you're saying. And, and let me tell you the reason I was asking that question because it's come to my attention over the last uh, several months that I've stumbled into a lot of people who don't know how to pick a sales trainer, sales training organization. They don't do the research. They don't check the references. I'm not talking about checking one or two. I'm, I'm talking about 10 or more references. They don't actually sit through some of the training and see it for themselves. And people buy the wrong things, and then they say sales training doesn't work. Mike? I've seen some really uh, good financial services advisors. And I've seen some people who are almost charlatans, uh, where they're, they're just mirroring the performance of a, a mutual fund that they're selling, or they sell every, attempt to sell everyone life insurance as the cure to every, every man's problem, uh, which I think we both know does, doesn't really hold water. It's not that a particular product doesn't fit, it doesn't fit everybody. So, are there particular certifications that a good financial services representative for the average or above average business person should have? Because there are lots of different certifications in your world. Mike, there are. The thing that a lot of people get today is the CFP, a Certified Financial Planner. Everybody doesn't have that, and frankly, everybody doesn't have to. Axa had a program where we went to Wharton up in Philadelphia, and we learned about retirement planning. And we had to take training every year to keep that Wharton certification. Mm -hmm. Frankly, I think they're pretty daggone good, uh, one of the best in our country. You also have to find somebody, Mike, who cares. If you call me, you will always get a phone call back within 24 hours, hopefully sooner. You taught me, Mike, that you want to have a list of questions. 
you don't want to fly with a seat of your pants. You need to be prepared. And then when you ask the questions, Mike, and you taught me this, you need to look at their eyes mm-hmm. and you need to listen to their answer. Are they sure of themselves? Are they secure? These are people that you're going to give either your money to manage, you're going to let them write your insurance, you're going to let them do a financial plan for you. If you get the right person, male or female, they're going to know you, your spouse, your children. They're going to help you with your estate planning. They're going to help you with saving money for your children's college. Mike, if you do it right, you'll have the same person for 5, 10, 20, 30 years. And when you decide to retire, you're going to be in great shape and you'll be able to live the lifestyle you wanted to live. Well, that's great, Mark. We have to take a uh, commercial break here. Mark, you're okay taking uh, questions from the audience? Yes. Uh, if, if you're listening and you want to uh, ask Mark a question, the number is 595, I'm sorry, 646 595 4916. We'll be able to screen the callers during the commercial breaks. Let's uh, listen to a couple of Sandler commercials. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 15 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Mark Horowitz. Mark, uh, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you after the show if they have a question? Mike, they can call 513-703-5030. Good. Mark, in working with uh, clients, prospective clients, what are the three most important factors that you think most people ignore that, that you'd like 
like them to pay attention to? Like some people don't want to pay an investment advisor or financial professional. And I feel about that similar to a doctor or an airline pilot. Frankly, I want the best doctor. I want the best airline pilot up there in a cockpit because they've got my life. If you get the wrong financial professional and he doesn't have the values and the ethics that you have and he loses your money or he puts you in a product that's better for him than a product that's better for you, Mike, that can affect your life long term. That's why you need to prepare those questions. You need to ask the questions and you need to listen to the answers. Mm-hmm. I absolutely want a financial professional that I'm going to pay because I expect performance and I expect them to be honest and truthful to me. And the first time I find that they lied, or the first time that I find they did something that's better for them than me, they're out of there. And by the way, Mike, for the 20 plus years that I've been in business, if I've recommended to a client that they should do something, I've already done it for me. And I don't mean I did it 10 minutes before. I mean that it's what they should do. And I know the result. So if I tell you, Mike, that you need a will, or you need a trust, or you need life insurance, or you need an annuity, or you need an investment that will help you pay less taxes. I've most often done it for me. And I would say that holds true all the time unless you and I are very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, there seems to be some confusion in your marketplace between investing, an investment advisor, and financial planning. Can you uh, clear that point up for our audience? I'll do my best, Mike. When you do investing, there are a number of questions that must be established before you do that. Whether you do it for yourself, Mike, or you use an investment professional. First, you or they have to analyze your risk. How do you feel about volatility? That's the market going up and down. Some people can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Some people, if the market goes down, they want to get out because they can't sleep at night. I have some clients, and they're in their 40s or early 50s. They say, hey, I can handle it. I want to be aggressive. I can take the downturn because I've got long enough for it to come back. Mm-hmm. It won't bother me. And I say, are you sure? And they say, yes. I said, so if the market drops 100, 200, 500 points, like at 2008-9, it dropped thousands of points. Are you okay with that? And if they're still okay with it, then they are aggressive. But, Mike? Doesn't that cause some apprehension on the part of most uh, investors? Of course it does. You know, it's funny. I'm going to to finish answering your question, and I'll come back to that. Okay. We also have to find out how long they can hold that investment. I usually categorize money into three buckets. 
imagine, Mike, you had three buckets in front of you. One is for short-term money, one is for mid-range money, and one is for long-term money. Your short-term money would be paying bills. You know, that would be paying your utilities and your house payments and, and living life as we do every day and every month. Mm-hmm. Your mid-range money is money that you're going to put away. But you, by the way, I have to step back. Short-term money cannot be invested in anything that would have a surrender charge or would have a charge to get in or to get out because that, those monies are needed whenever you need them. Mm-hmm. Mid-range money, that would be for um, a new car, a house, a vacation, or another big purchase, even your children's college education, Mike, because if your child is eight or 10 years old and you need that money in, in eight years or seven or nine, those monies have to be available when the children go to college. And then, of course, long-term money, Mike, that's for your retirement. Mm-hmm. And frankly, you need to put that money away and you need not to touch it until you get ready to retire. You know, I, I asked you when we first started if I could uh, mention some of the problems. May I go back to that for a second? Sure, let's go back to that. Okay. Uh, there's a. Uh, uh, but by the way, I just wanted to remind our listeners that if you want to call in and ask Mark a question live on the air, the number is 646-595-4916. Go ahead, Mark. Mike, there was a study published by the National Bureau of Economic Research, and it was reported in the Wall Street Journal. And I'm going to give it to you verbatim because I don't want to make a mistake. And these were basic financial questions on economics and finance in everyday life. Mike, less than 10% of respondents were able to answer all the questions. Half of them had trouble keeping up with monthly expenses, such as bills. Now, you could say that they spent too much or they didn't save enough. Uh, That's the same answer. Well, you know what the Sandler answer is? Make more money. Make more money. I wish you'd talk to our president. And and, and taxes aren't the answer. You mean Bud Dornetti? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe you could teach uh, our congressman about uh, the Sandler uh, Institute. They'd have to be open-minded first. (laughs) And they're not. I have said they had an emergency fund to cover their expenses for three months or longer. That'd be a loss of income from a layoff, downsizing, or an injury. Even a major car repair or home repair would put a lot of people in a world of hurt. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I've heard Dave Ramsey on his show say that if if you're not prepared for an emergency, he's moving in because uh, you will have an emergency. It does sound what you're saying, very extremely Dave Ramsey-ish. Hey, you know, uh, not too long ago, my wife's car had a, uh, a water pump go out Friday afternoon. We had to my my wife's car had a water pump go out, had to have a towed in, $850. Okay, we had it, we fixed it, and it wasn't 10 days later, it wouldn't start again. And I thought, we just had that water pump replaced. What kind of car was it? 
it was a German car, Mike. I I won't say the brand, not the one you drive. But um, anyway, had it towed in again. This time, it was a fuel pump. And another and another nine hundred dollars. Now, Mike, if I didn't have an emergency fund set aside for that, or a lot of people in two thousand eight and nine lost their jobs, Mike, that's why so many of them lost their homes because they didn't have money set aside for emergencies. Anyway, back to my list: twenty three percent have used some flavor of high cost borrowing like a pawn shop, advance on a tax refund, or a payday loan. And we know those guys charge rates of interest that border on usury. Mm-hmm. Well, one-third engaged in credit card behavior that resulted in an interest charge or a fee. Only half, Mike, only half, paid off their credit cards each month, which means they, the rest were accumulating interest. Mm-hmm. Mike, that's a problem. 18% interest on a lot of credit cards. Big problem. It's a big problem, Mike, because people get in deeper and deeper and deeper, and they can't get out. Mike, I, I want to tell you a little story, if I can digress for just a minute. In my years of investing, um, I, I've had a lot of people say, oh, I don't make enough, therefore I can't save. Two little stories. I was doing a 401k plan for a janitorial company, and I had uh, a man probably in his mid-50s, and this gentleman made $250 a week. Now, Mike, we both know that's not much, but do you know that he saved $25 a week into his retirement plan? That's 10%, Mike. Mm-hmm. He didn't live high. He had an apartment. He didn't have a car, but he saved. Now I'm going to go to the other end. I had a client who made $750,000 a year. And Mike, he had it all. He had two Mercedes, a little two-door and a big four-door. He had a twin-engine airplane. He had a 65-foot yacht. Oh, that's the problem. It's the airplane. <laughs> the, the big house. Mike, when the market dropped and his income went down to a mere $350,000 a year, which a lot of people listening to this broadcast would be thrilled to make. I know a few people who could live on three hundred and fifty. By the way, he couldn't. Mm. Uh, he lost both Mercedes. He lost the plane. He lost the yacht. He lost the house. His wife divorced him. And Mike, he still owed the IRS over $300,000. And by the way, in bankruptcy, you can't write that off. He overleveraged himself. Mike, there are a lot of people today overleveraging themselves. He needed Sandler training. He made great money. He just couldn't control his spending. Uh, see, that's the other side of it. The, the three rules of being successful in Sandler. Do you remember what they were? They were? Mike, there are so many rules I remember from Sandler. I don't remember those three. And then we have to take a commercial break. One, become a product of the product. Integrate the Sandler rules and teaching in, into your business life. Two, do your behaviors on a daily basis to make yourself successful, consistent with your Sandler cookbook, the, the activities that you need to do to be successful. Three, keep your financial house in order. 
Sounds like your guy was violating rule number three, not keeping his financial house in order. Mike, he may have been uh, uh, going against all three of them. Could be. We're going to listen to a Sandler rule. We're going to listen to Sandler rule number 34. Again, if you want to call in with a question for Mark, the number is 646-595-4916. Hello, I'm Jerry Weinberg, Sandler Training, and I'm here today to talk about Sandler Rule number 34, which says work smart and not hard. So one of the things we need to do when we're involved in in going after a, a prospect is to learn how to qualify and disqualify early on. Uh, it's been my experience, you know, having done this for many, many years, as we coach our clients, as, as we train them, that they seem to spend, many of them, an incredible amount of time chasing, following up business they're never going to get. And for goodness sakes, if you're going to follow, you know, finish second, why do you even want to bother being in there? We don't get paid on experience. And frequently what happens is uh, we, we have a prospect maybe who's on our top ten list, let's say, and we want so badly to meet them, and we finally get an appointment with Mr. or Ms. Big, and and uh, we're brought in there, and uh, next thing you know, we're doing a proposal to a totally unqualified situation. And uh, maybe it's a much larger piece of business than we normally would be working with. And we wind up and think it overland. And next thing you know, we're following up and we're, we're making phone calls and, and we're sending emails and nothing's happening. I'll tell you what is happening is we're not prospecting because we're spending too much time with prospects we're never going to do business with. In fact, I'd like you to write that question down and kind of track it over the next several days. How much time do I spend following up, chasing business I'm never going to get And how do I suffer with that? One of the ways that you can work around that is instead of going after a a large chunk of dollars, start with a smaller piece. We call it a monkey's paw. Get some dollars, maybe for an assessment, maybe for a pilot program. You'll also keep your competition out of the picture. You'll at least feel like you're making some progress, and then you can make it work better. So, again, Jerry Weinberg, Sandler Rule number 34, Work smart, not hard. This is Mike Roth and Mark Horowitz. Uh, We're talking about financial planning. Uh, Mark, uh, I wanted to ask you about the uh, phenomenon of the investor who thinks he can do it himself whether they uh, go to a uh, low-cost broker or uh, they buy uh, CDs uh, or directly buy treasuries. Uh, What's wrong with that approach? Or is there anything wrong with that approach? Mike, another great question. And again, I have to come back to it depends. That's the failed Procter & Gamble adult diet. So, Mark... Where were we? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was the, the depends. <laughs> Mike. The failed Procter & Gamble uh, adult diaper. Mike, right now, uh, our president 
is attempting an executive order to bring out retirement plans in each state. And he has said that he doesn't want investment professionals to be involved or he wants us to be much more limited. Mike, he can't get it through the Congress, so he's going to pass it by executive order and probably in the spring. What is it that the administration is trying to do now, Mark? Well, they think that people can do it themselves. Mike, you know, it's hard to equip people with the right information. What I mean by that is there's so much information out there on the Internet, in the library, in bookstores, but it's hard to know where to start. As I said before, we have to figure out someone's risk analysis. How do they feel about investing? Then we have to feel how, how long can they invest the money? And the third one, Mike, I didn't get to when we went to commercial break, was how about taxes? Do you want to pay taxes now, or do you want to defer taxes to retirement? All these are questions, and many people who want to invest for themselves don't even know the questions, let alone the answers. Well, uh, sometimes something like taxes, it's a, a, not a, a simple answer. It needs professional analysis. It needs, if you would, a MRI to figure out what's the best course. Mike, you're right. Many people don't have interest in learning about finances. By the way, some do. And mm -hmm. if they really want to study, and they want to do their research, and they want to paper trade, and they want to figure it out, a lot of them can. But I've seen people who back during the Internet, when everybody was buying and selling, they were, they were making good money, but then they went on vacation, mm. or they went out for dinner, or they, they didn't pay attention, and they came back like they had lost all their money. Uh, there was no stop loss underneath the... Some of that. You know, it's funny, Mike. It's ironic. I've worked with individuals who could give me all the stats of every Bengal and every Reds player, but they don't know anything about their own retirement. You know, Mike, it takes two to tango, meaning that there's so much information out there, but people have to want to learn it. Well, how do you tell what's the good information in financial services and what's the bad? That's the problem, Mike. You know, what are the problems? Have, have you ever read reviews of uh, guns on the Internet? Of guns? Yeah. Actually, I have not. Uh, I have. Okay. And it's amazing that there's never a bad review. The, the reviewers uh, who are writing magazine articles about these particular uh, items they could be guns, they could be automobiles. It seems like good side of the product that they're reviewing. Mike, it depends on who's paying them for their review, doesn't it? Right, right. And, you know, uh, I, I would say that you used to be able to depend on something like Consumers Reports to give um, honest reviews. Uh, in financial services... How do you get a, an honest review of a company or a product relative to uh, your situation? 
Mike, that is difficult. And we do have to research. You also want to go on to the um, NASDR. Uh, that's the regulatory website to see if the broker that you are interviewing has had any complaints. And you, you, like I say, you have to interview, you have to ask questions, you have to listen, and you have to get a, a feeling that this is a person you're going to work with for a long time. You want to know that they know more than you do. And Mike, I liken to say that as a financial professional, I have a quiver of arrows on my back, you know, maybe 20, 30, 40 arrows, and I have a bow. And Mike, depending on what my target is, depending upon how far or depending upon the weather, I know which one of those arrows to pull out. Mm-hmm. In our business, the financial services arena, we have hundreds and hundreds of products. And frankly, there are thousands of companies. When I work with a client, and Mike, as I said before, they're all different. I have to ask them very specific questions, and I have to understand that client and I have to understand their risk, and I have to understand their timing, and I have to understand their taxation. And then, you know, what do they want to accomplish? And then, Mike, I have to find the product that fits that client and their risk, their timing, their taxation issues. By the way, occasionally, I'll have to talk to a client's CPA. Mm-hmm. I'll have to talk to their insurance agent or even sometimes a banker because, you know, imagine if you will, Mike, a gear. And, you know, a gear has teeth that move together. Mm-hmm. I have seen people come in t- to work with me when their their investment products don't mesh at all. They are... They're, Terrible. They might have been good products for somebody, but they certainly weren't good products for that person. Mm-hmm. What do you do as a financial services advisor when you discover that to be true? Mike, I had a client uh, a number of years ago. Um, she came to me, and she had uh, a broker in Cincinnati, I won't name the names, uh, they were charging an extremely high fee. Matter of fact, approximately two and a quarter times higher than what I charge. Mm. But I, when she showed it to me, I didn't believe it. I thought she had wrong, the incorrect information. Well, I went out and checked it out, and she was correct. So we moved her assets over. Now, she had also purchased some annuities from these people. And Mike, she was 70-some years old, and they had put her into an annuity with a 14-year surrender. Sounds bad. Mike, I think it was terrible. She asked me, she said, Mark, 
I think I want to get out of this and come to you. The surrender charges were so high, Mike, I think at that time they were like 12%. And I said, I do not think it's in your best interest to get you out of this because the surrender is so big. I said, if you'll give me the investments for that product, I will help you reorganize it and we'll leave it where it is. Because it might have been in my best interest to move her, but it certainly wasn't in her best interest to move her. So we left her where it was and I helped her work with it with the company that she was with before me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I really want to go off on the tangent of annuities, but I'll take it. Since you brought it up, I'll take you there. Uh, what is the uh, guideline that an investor should use to determine whether or not investing in an annuity is appropriate? Mike, by the way, that's a good question. And I get accused of that a lot. Um, I've also heard some bad questions, Mike, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, You know, there are many different products from many different companies. And in this country, a lot of people 20, 30, 40 years ago and beyond had pensions. Pensions, Mike, have gone the way of the dodo bird. They just don't exist anymore. Very few people have one. So uh, even the uh, Department of Labor on their website, they will say that there are annuities that are good for people. Frankly, Mike, you have to find the right product from the right company with the right time period that meets that client's goals. And they're not right for everybody. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely not right for everybody. And there are some of them, I personally think, that are not right for anybody. Good. Uh, with that thought, we're going to take a, a commercial break. Again, Mark has agreed to ask questions from callers. You can call in on 51, I'm sorry, 646-595-4916. And we'll be back in about... Two minutes, we're going to listen to the Sandler rap. Yo, you salesmen are all the same You don't care about my needs, you don't care about my pain You think about yourself, you think it's all a game You don't ask my opinion, you don't even know my name Salespeople come, and then they're gone They don't care about them, and they ain't there long Just ask for the info, and get the price now Check the competition, the better anyhow These guys are all talk, 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 it's a lie They don't say nothing but I, me, mine They sticky and they're selfish and they in my face Soon as I get rid of one, more will take his place 
They manipulate, trap, con, and control. They don't know I'm the master of my soul. I had them run around till they dazed and confused. They shop it to others. I won't be abused. But wait, what's this? Another sales joke. Did he just give me permission to say no? Don't know what to think and I don't know what to say. What's the deal with this guy? It's not the sales way. Guess he hasn't learned how to play the sales game. Not too bright. He's probably not to blame. The boss sent him out without the first clue. I'll try to help him out and show him what to do. Now he asks a question. Wait for me to tell all about my world, my own private hell. They don't seem to care if I leave or buy. I don't know what to think of weird sales guys. I'm talking and I'm talking. I can't believe my ears. I'm telling this guy my big bad fears. I'm telling them things that I don't even know. I'm letting down my guard and I'm putting on a show. Can you help me please take the lead? Can't you hear I'm hurting? See me bleed? I'm ready to go. Move on, proceed. Did he just say it might not be what I need? Well, I'll show him. I just gotta have his stuff. Don't care what it costs or if it's tough. I'm ready to sign. Just show me how. Did he just ask what I wanna do now? So I close the deal and feel real good. Gonna tell this guy about my brothers in the hood. Never ever send another salesman down my line. Gotta have my man, my advisor every time. And this is Mike Roth and Mark Horowitz. We're talking about financial planning. Uh, Mark, uh, I want you to comment for a, a few minutes about the different types of financial services companies and, and individuals that we find in the marketplace. Uh, Stockbrokers, firms, banks, uh, we find uh, financial services firms like uh, the firm you work for, AXA. We find uh, a lot of smaller independent registered investment advisors. Uh, what are the strengths and weaknesses of each one of those types of companies? Mike, when I went to AXA, I had been elsewhere, and I was looking for a company where I had a wide range of products, and I had products beyond AXA products. Because even though AXA is a great company, and I really do like them, they don't have the right product for everybody. But they, they allow us, they have allowed us to go out and find the right products that will fit the client's need. Mike, that's the important part, the client's need. I also want to find a company. So, if someone is talking to a, an investment, someone who claims to be an investment advisor that works for a life insurance company, uh, can they go out and find the products that that individual may or may not need, or they must stick to the products that are offered by their uh, life insurance company? Mike, some companies are what we call captive, where you can only sell that company's products. There aren't a whole lot of them left. But frankly, I wouldn't do business with a captive agent, whether it's life insurance, long-term care, or even your car and house insurance. Mike, I don't believe that any one company can have the right product for every person, for every need out there. There are just too many different needs out there. What I have found, even with life insurance, is that 
There are companies who like smokers. There are companies who hate smokers. There are companies that if you're 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight, they'll rate you. There are companies who will charge you so much higher that it's not worth it. And the agent that you're using needs to know what's available and to go out and find it. Uh, I just, I will not use a captive agent for anything, Mike, because they, the only way they can get paid is to sell the products from that company. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, everybody needs to get paid. They need to pay their mortgage and buy the food for their family. So they're going to sell whatever they have. Because I had available almost anything. Mm -hmm. I was free to go out and find the best product for the client. And Mike, there are a lot of times it wasn't my product. It wasn't my company's product. Mm -hmm. But so, they in, accepted in, that. In the last, since we're in the last segment now, Mark, perhaps you could share with our audience the strangest product that you ever uh, had found for a client that fit, fit their needs. Mike, if this is the last segment, I'd like to cover something that's important. And as you know, I've told you with a compliance department, I'm not supposed to mention any specific product. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to mention a company name or a specific product or any guarantees because there's just too many of them out there. Right. Mike, if you, if you will allow me to for a minute, people who are going to save for retirement, they need to start early and they need to be consistent and persistent. We need to spend less than we make and save some from every payday. We need to meet with a financial planner advisor to set up a written financial plan. Some people don't want to do that, but they'll get lost along the way. Uh, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you recall the first time that I believe it was an Apollo spacecraft went to the moon. Do you recall, Mike, when they did a two-second or a three-second burn, and they were doing it all along the way? And it's I, I, back then they televised it, and you'd watch they, you know, they they fire those rockets. Mm -hmm. for one, two, or three seconds, right. and then turn them off. And it seems silly, but I found out later that they, if they had not corrected course, Mike, they would have missed a moon by over a million miles. Mm. What we do as a financial professional, when we do a written financial plan, anytime there's a change in your financial life, that can be a marriage, a divorce, a new child, a new home, a new job. Anything that affects your finances, you need to get back in touch with your financial professional. You need to update them and update your plan. It, it, you know, I'm going to give my age here a little bit. We used to have triptychs from AAA. Oh, I remember those. But... Today, everybody uh, has... listeners who are much younger than what a triptych was. It's, it's like a GPS only on paper. It was and, a really small area of land covered on one really small map. 
right. that told you everything that was along your route, whether, where the next gas station was, the next restaurant. And even detours, Mike. Mm-hmm. Well, today we don't have triptychs, but we do have GPS. I've asked many people this question. I said, if, if I had you go out right now and get in your car, and I told you to drive to Albuquerque, New Mexico, don't get a map, don't use your GPS, what do you think the chances you're going to get there? And by the way, you can't stop and ask for directions. Have I ever been to Albuquerque, New Mexico? I don't know. Have if you? I have been, and I know the name of the highway that goes through the center of town, I might be able to find that highway. Most people have not been there, and it's just its just a saying. Most people say, I have no idea how to get to Albuquerque. I know it's southwest, but you see, what I do in a financial plan, and not just me, any financial professional who really wants people to get the best service. You and, mean any good financial planner? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And... We want to give people a written financial plan that looks at every part of their financial life, where they are now, where they want to go to. We look at their assets and their liabilities. We look at their estate plan. That means their will or their trust. We look at their life insurance. We look at their children and college planning. We look at everything, Mike. It it is a complete plan. Do you have to do it all? No, but at least it tells you what you should do. It gives you the complete map. It gives you a map, Mike. Mm-hmm. And if you follow the map, if you have the map to Albuquerque, and you know where to turn, uh, you know, I mentioned a detour. Mm-hmm. A detour could be a job loss. It could be a death. Well, in on the highway system, it's a detour. It's a road close. Hey, you know, the best global positioning systems allow you to hit a button for detour and how many miles you got a detour and then it'll calculate you around it. Mike, that's what a financial plan does for your financial life. And let me ask you a question. Would you like to know if you're 20, 30, or 40 that you had to save more to get you where you needed to go when you're 65 or 70 or do you want to find it out, Mike, when you're 63 and you've got two or three years to go? That's a problem. Mark, why don't you remind our listeners how they can get a hold of you after the show? Mike, they can call me at 513-703-5030. That's 513-703-5030. Or they can email me at mark at markhorowitz. By the way, Mark is M-A-R-C, and Horwitz is H-O-R-W-I-T-Z. Mark, I want to thank you for being here on uh, Cincinnati Business Talk today with us. I'm giving you a copy of uh, the new book on leadership called Transforming Leaders the Sandler Way uh, by Dave Arch. I wrote the uh, forward to that book. Probably once a year we're going to do a a live program on it. We did a couple of them last year. They were just great programs. Thanks again for being a part of the show today, Mark. And let me ask Scott to close us out. Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth.com. 
at rothconsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.